Yes, sir. It's time to break out the big, the bottom, and the boom. Shakalaka's friends. It is National Beer Day, and I tell you what: if there was ever an appropriate day for the sports brew to record, it is National Beer Day. There is no doubt about that. At least in the United States, but hopefully that's celebrated the world over. I would. I mean, shouldn't it be? Man, that should be an international holiday. Arnold and says yes. Arnold does say yes. You know, you you are right, sir. Matter of fact, let's get Arnold because if you're going to tell me he says yes, yes, not that one, dude. Yes, there you go. We need some enthusiasm. <laughs> anyway, well, I tell you what, man, we got a lot of stuff to get to. March Madness, March Shad, March Shadness. Uh, that's because I wanted to go one sharding moment. Apparently, I sharded just trying to say it. So, <laughs> anyway, that's what happens, man. Uh, National Beer Day claims its first victim here on the Sports Brew. <laughs> But, uh, no, look, man, we got a lot of stuff to get to. Wrapping up the NCAA tournament, um, that was, there was so much goodness in there. And I think it just got, it just got capped off by such an excellent, excellent, excellent championship game. Yeah, there were some down, you know, down chunks in there too, but wrapped up like an absolute champion. So, going to focus on that tonight. Uh, obviously, drink some brews and just kind of hang out since we had a little gap in time between recordings. So, let's go ahead and get everybody up in this piece. We got to do that first, man, so we can get our salute o'clock on. Well, National Beer Day, brother. Get off my lawn! That's, <laughs> speaking of get, <laughs> speaking of get off my lawn, let's go ahead and get this dude up in here. That's right, the one and only Shannon, the Twitter Terminator MacGuffin. What's up, uh, bro? Cheers, brother man. How you doing? I'm I'm doing, man. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, man. I, I think I would have enjoyed National Beer Day uh, last year a little bit better, celebrating with some Duke Blue Devils. But you know what? The <laughs> That since that Oregon game didn't happen, according to Mark, we're just gonna wipe that from the record books and our memories. Actually, that's a good use for National Beer Day. Maybe um, yes. we can we can certainly raise a glass to the, to the end of that game. And you know what? Before I forget, dude. Before I forget, and we got to get this out of the way early, man. I'm gonna bring him in second, dude. I know you're interrupting the workflow, but we got to get all birthday, dude. Giddy Giles up in this piece, man. We we got to get him on. Sir. So o'clock, National Beer Day. Actually, uh, neglected to post on your Facebook wall, so sorry about that. I'll go ahead and fail myself, but I knew we were rec- recording, and I was going to get you covered, man, on the podcast, so pick your poison. It works for me. But anyway, as a matter of fact, that's mm-hmm. right. The one and only Syracuse fan here on the Sports Brew, who in- enjoyed a fantastic run, up until the end at least, but man, happy birthday, brother. Thank you. Yeah, definitely enjoyed what Syracuse brought to the tourney this year. I mean, not many uh, ten seeds, well, double digit seeds for that matter, get that far. So no, I think there's only been four, and they all lost in the final four. It should have been uh, George Mason, VCU, obviously Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd have to look that up. But you know, we're we have ties to VCU here, so that's one that we certainly remember. That was a hell of a run. Yeah, that was good times. But Randy, you deserve a song, man. We'll give you a little Godsmack, yo. I like it. Yeah, why not? What the hell, man? But, uh, by the way, dude, dude, what the hell did Syracuse shoot in that tournament? Some ridiculously low percentage, like in the, like, did they, did they crack 40%? It was ridiculous. But they are the one, like, one of the worst shooting teams in all of college basketball. I'm just, that's why I'm so damned impressed they made it that far. Yeah, I want to say that in, like, after they lost to uh, UNC, Jim Beheim was like, I'm going to have to go back and, like, look at the tape because I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> 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 it was, like, really funny, dude. Kind of cracked me up, man. 
But anyway, I, you know what? We're going to celebrate your birthday over the course of the night. We'll do our salute o'clock, but, you know, we can't get National Beer Day started without cranking up a woo. So we got to get the one and only degenerate. That's right. The mighty D-Stat up in this piece. You ready to hit your cue, brother? That is for damn sure. Yes, sir. Three brewing fun, sir. I think you just Euro stepped the woo. That was kind of random. <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a slight delay on that. That was that was really kind of funny, man. That was cool. Uh, Mark, a critical question for you. Okay. <laughs> how much how much did you bet on that uh, UConn Syracuse <laughs> women's championship game? Not a dime. Not a dime. I mean, I, I was amazed. I mean, I did see, and I think it's crazy to see that it was a you know, like you kind of were twenty six point favorites, and and I, you know, not that it's ever going to be a huge interest of mine, uh, women's college basketball, but that's that's sad to see that a championship game is is that you know one sided. Uh, I don't know how much that speaks to UConn, UConn's dominance versus you know just not having enough you know talented other teams in the NCAA. Well, we we owe some you know a, a tip of the cap to some of the players and to uh, you know that certainly the UConn basketball program, but uh, certainly not our primary focus tonight. Uh, but you know what a tough follow up after that fantastic UNC Villanova championship game to have that you know I mean following that up. I mean it, that. I mean it, again, it's great for UConn. This is of not course. to take anything absolute away, but credit, credit to them. Yeah, an absolute credit to them. But you think of of how competitive and how phenomenal that game was, and then you just get a, you know they just eradicate. I saw these all these pictures of Otto the Orange, the, the Syracuse mascot. Just like they were like Otto the Orange in an existential state. <laughs> you know, just sitting on the floor in some random hallway. <laughs> I'm just like, that's <laughs> so cold, man. So, but I do think we need to give a little gloss to UConn. But you know, contextually, it's one of those things you've heard crop up, uh, you know, the past couple of days, and it's really just that's their time of year. But it's just in context, man. What a difference between the way the men's tournament went and finished, and then kind of that dud, or just the dominance of UConn. Kudos to them again. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where that goes. But it, it's just one of those things. Every year we kind of tiptoe around it, and I'm always like. God, they're dominant, but where's the parody? You know what I mean? Where's the parody? And exactly. it's just not, man. It's just such a concentration of power in women's basketball. So, anywho, well, I tell you what, man. Uh, let's go ahead and, and spend some time with the Final Four uh, and the championship game because that's really the meat and potatoes tonight. I don't know how much time we have, um, so let's focus on the meat and potatoes. And you know, wherever we go over the course of the night, I'm sure we can kind of cherry pick some of our favorite moments uh, from the big bracket. Um, you know, from the tournament and things that we enjoyed. You know, obviously we have our one charting moment, so we'll have to. Somebody's gonna ha- have to get the award for one charting moment. I'm looking at you, UVA, for that game against Syracuse. I know they were a little bit pressed there at the end uh, to finish the game. Um, them's the breaks, I suppose. Uh, but certainly some great, some great moments, some great games, some great shots. Uh, one shining moment. I love it every single year they do it. I always enjoy it, and I, uh, I actually spent a lot of time looking at um, people were breaking down like. They ranked every single year of them. And if you haven't done it, it's really weird to go back and look at one tiny moments from like five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and 20. You know what I mean? Like, especially the really early ones, because the production values are so different. The hairstyles are weird. People look weird. The glasses people wear 
are strange, man. You're like, is that from like a hundred years ago? It looks crazy. <laughs> it looks crazy, and it's so dated. You wouldn't think it. It looks. It would look as dated as, as it does, because like in your head, when you remember it, it doesn't look like it does when you in, until you watch it, and you're like, oh crap, yeah, that's super old. <laughs> of course, Mark being born in the '90s uh, would know <laughs> would know <laughs> would know nothing about that. No. But <laughs> not a lick, man. <laughs> anyway, salute o'clock, gentlemen, on National Beer Day. Uh, and I hate to say, I think uh, Abby Wambach actually beat us to celebrating National Beer Day. Oh, too soon. Is that too soon? <laughs> it was too soon for her to drive, I know that. <laughs> That's not nice. Anyway, we'll see. <laughs> my, my bad. Uh, so I won't drink to that, Abby. Uh, but anyway, I tell you what, man, let's raise a glass uh, again to old Giggity Gals celebrating your birthday. I've got some uh, Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA, man. Raise that up to you, brother. Shannon, what you got? Got the old blue moon. Always a win. Randy, I hope you have something good on your birthday. Well, obviously your birthday was yesterday, yesterday but while we were recording and talking about your birthday, I hope you got something good, dude. Oh, yeah, I got myself a couple beers here, actually. Oh. I got myself uh, Sam Adams Whitewater IPA that I'm enjoying at the moment. Nice. And in uh, on the bench, I got a Sam Adams Belgian session waiting for me. They're on the bench. <laughs> the practice squad. We talking about practice? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Mark, what you got, dude? Currently enjoying a uh, Magic Hat uh, single chair golden ale. I always enjoy my Magic Hat. That's a hats, that's so. a lot of name. Delicious. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, well, gentlemen, I, go ahead. And then on National Beer Day, just a very quick appropriate story I was going to tell you guys earlier, but might as well tell it on the air. Yeah, I like stories. Um, Go for it. That's uh, so uh, close friend of ours was having a baby party this past or two weekends ago now. Right. And uh, my lovely fiance was was setting it up. So she spent a lot of money getting it set up. So uh, I offered to buy a beer and got, you know, a good probably, you know, 50 beers or so. Uh, to, to take um, it was a good good amount of people coming and somebody else brought I believe it was sangria and we certainly made sure that everybody knew that there was beer there we just had right. it kind of in, a, in a fridge around the corner from where everybody was for the most part everybody just went for the sangria and actually the people hosting the party um, or the, well, the people having the baby um, contributed some beer as well so right. actually by the end of the party <laughs> I honestly had more beer than I came with and I just got to take it all home. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> this is, this is appropriate. Uh, uh, dude. Shucks, I'm taking more beer home than I you know, brought with me. <laughs> that is an absolute win. That is a win. Everybody drank what they wanted to, and I got to take home more beer than I came with. See? Win-win. That's Full a- fridge. That's why I've still got about 50, 50 plus beers left in my fridge. That's why we call you DSTAT FTW on Twitter, right? Thank you. Exactly. For the win. There you go, man. <laughs> like how it's like when all you place a bet, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. Did you take the over that night that you were gonna walk <laughs> walk out with more beer? No, I didn't think so. But by the end of the night, I was like, "Hey, nobody drink beer. Like, drink like five beers." All right. So now you know to plant to tell somebody sangria. Go ahead, bring that. It's, it's, it's a good. Trick. It's a BYOB party. Somebody show up with sangria, sangria too. Nice. So now I know when we do the chili cook-off, I need to tell people to bring sangria and hopefully in among the three refrigerators that I have, a surplus of beer will be here 
Yes. <laughs> that never happens at the chili cook-off. No, because <laughs> people actually steal <laughs> your beer. People do take my beer. Yeah, they do. That, Thieves. No, I'm, I'm afraid. I think sangria and like you know finger food at a baby <laughs> shower versus chili. Chili, you need beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah it kind of goes together. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's that's a legit point, man. Yeah, fair sangria, enough. Sangria, sangria, and chili doesn't seem to go together. No, <laughs> that sounds kind of oh, barftacular. That, that's now. a vomit balls reference there. Huh? Little destap poo there. Yeah. Uh, you know that would probably be a hearty. That would probably be a hearty destap poo. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, I'm warning you now. Tony says he's going to try to melt our faces off with his chili this year. Yeah, I was expected. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. He usually brings the heat. Oh, so as long as he doesn't cheat it with the the uh, what was it capsaicin or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, as long as it's legit, man, it's good. I mean, you know, hot hot for the sake of hot is great, but there's a point where it's just like, come on, man, make it hot without like using that. So, yeah, it's all good. Anyway, all right. Well, I tell you what, man. Let's go ahead and tighten up, um, and and get on point here, because I think we have to. <laughs> while we celebrate Randy and while we laugh at some of those other stuff, I think we need to zone in on the Final Four, man. Because I was talking about it earlier, and we had really a perfect ending to the tournament. There were some flaws in this year's, you know, NCAA tournament <laughs> in, in virtually everybody's bracket. I think only like two point six percent of people took Villanova. Um, it goes to show you, I want to say it was like, it was Kansas, Michigan state, and probably UNC, I would think are the three teams that completely dominated, uh, what people thought was going to happen who they thought would win. And, you know, this was certainly a year in college basketball that it didn't feel like there was necessarily a lot of dominance, you know, shown by one particular team. Although I think the ACC was obviously very strong as a conference, you know, and, and they, they did fantastically well earlier in the tournament. So I just like how the end played out, but you know, there were some down cycles, some down periods. I still don't understand what the hell ha- happened to Oklahoma against Villanova. It just looks like they went full quit mode. And it's really a shame for Buddy Heal for his career to end that way. Um, you know, you, you kind of feel for a little bit for him. But it's, a, it's another thing. And quite frankly, this is an aside. But I swear to you, there's something weird about being in those cavernous football stadiums. And some teams just don't shoot well, man. They really struggle with that stuff. But that doesn't explain, like, quit and lack of effort. And I know Villanova has just been on a tremendous tear and a tremendous role in the tournament and massive kudos to them. Cause not only did they start that way, they freaking finished it that way. You know what I mean? And, and that's fantastic. Uh, at the same token, you know, when we celebrate March Madness, when we celebrate the bracket, when we celebrate these teams, you know, one shining moment, you think of the song, you think of the lyrics, you know, and it's moving, uh, in part because, you know, for some of these players and some of these programs, particularly seniors or people that are going to leave, and I think you can certainly make this point with, you know, a guy like uh, Archie Danacono, right, um, who, who loved that program and ended up going there and, you know, matriculates and grows through the program and gets to walk out of there with one hell of a career uh, with a cherry on top. But, you know, I mean, how many people – I didn't – I don't think I finally understood how to pronounce Arch's name until, like, almost the end of the damn tournament. You know what I'm saying? I had, you know, I like college basketball. I'm not going to tell you I watched 10 tons of games. Got a lot of stuff going on. But, you know, this is one of those teams that didn't necessarily have, like, mad star power, mad gloss. They were a good team, but you're not looking at Villanova going, man, think of the NBA picks that are coming out of this squad. You know what I'm saying? That's just not how you looked at them, right? So, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about one and dones, um, two and throughs, if you will. Uh, you know, and you know, Shannon, you're the Kentucky fan. You know the one and done deal. Obviously, yep. you know Ingram with Duke. 
see ya. Thanks for the memories. Glad he passed through. Um, but this is one of those moments, the emotion of it and the drive and the, the determination. And we joked around early on about Villanova being an early exit team. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what they've been the past several years, right? Um, and they delivered in a way. And some of that is, you know, having veteran leadership and obviously a steady hand uh, with Jay Wright and, and leadership and coaching. But the development and the maturation of the players in the program there, right? To see them reach the pinnacle the way that they did, that is one of those slices of sports, particularly collegiate sports, that you really appreciate the growth of a team and the growth of players, you know what I'm saying? You know, with that team and delivering in the end. That's a wonderful thing. So you think of the emotion with One Shining Moment, and that's such a little snapshot of it. But, you know, whether it's the lyrics and the songs and the snapshots from the tournament, but you love seeing teams rise up and grasp a moment. Sometimes they fall short, but you don't want to fall short for lack of trying. And this is where I don't understand what happened with Oklahoma. So... Shannon, for the love of God, can you tell me what the hell happened <laughs> to Oklahoma and well, Buddy Heald? <laughs> first, I mean, you got to credit Jay Wright and Villanova for coming up with just a masterful plan uh, to guard Buddy Heald and to limit him. And excuse me, they did the same thing against Kansas when Perry Ellis had an off game. Jay Wright just had the right game plan, you know, right day, right time. And those guys were really, just... Really, he, he had the right everything? He had the right stuff. Couldn't let that slide Oh, no. <laughs> Come on, well, Justin. You got to play it. It's playing. <laughs> the oh, Jay Wright stuff? He really? Jay Wright stuff. <laughs> No. <laughs> Where's the fail horn? Seriously. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, I mean, it was just the game plan and the players. Jay Wright stuff. Anyway. Like, you can put a game plan together, but if you don't have players that will execute it and execute it at such a level, like, mm-hmm. this was the year of the upperclassmen of the juniors and the seniors. Right. Um, because I, as freshmen and sophomores, you're probably not going to have that intensity on defense. Um, when, when you get the older upperclassmen who've been in the system for uh, three or four years, who understand it better and understand, like, hey, this, this moment doesn't grow on trees. I right. Mean, the last time Villanova was in the Final Four was 09. Didn't they, lo- didn't they lose the UNC that year? It's okay if you don't remember. I, I was trying to recall. It's not super relevant no, other than... I, ju- I just remember the Elite yeah. 8 game where they won on like a runner or something. But um, I think UNC actually won the title in 09, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it sounds right. Uh, Randy Researcher, you can fact check us now. <laughs> uh, I was in the middle of doing that, actually. I thought I, I, heard, played... I, thought I heard some keystrokes in the background, man. <laughs> I think they play Kansas. I can't remember, but it's okay. It was um, six years ago. It's a long time. I mean, Mark was like ten. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If that, yeah. <laughs> Mark ages in reverse dog gears. Everybody, <laughs> Benjamin Button, huh? <laughs> Benjamin Butthead, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Very hairy Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Be careful if you go to the zoo, man. They might throw you in an exhibit. Gary <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. bastard. <laughs> but yeah, George Clooney had his boys ready to go, man. George, George Clooney? <laughs> you didn't hear the comparisons with Jay Wright and George Clooney? No, I heard it with uh, with um, Tony Bennett and UVA. Huh. I didn't hear that with Jay Wright. That's okay though, um, you know. Obviously, you know, Final Four and Championship game. I think that you know that that's kind of the meat and potatoes here. And I, I didn't really anticipate going Villanova UNC first, but I think in context to appreciate what Villanova accomplished, uh, and really that championship game was a phenomenal championship game. I'm not saying it was perfect. Okay, uh, I know there was a run of what eight straight foul calls on North Carolina. They were ticky tacky at times. I didn't love all of that, but you know UNC certainly had their opportunities. Um, they blew certain things. I mean, they, I want to say they had like a 16 to two offensive rebound margin on, on Villanova. Of course, Villanova shot very well, uh, and they were absolutely lights out against Oklahoma. Um, yeah, 71%. Yeah. If I recall correctly, uh, Villanova only missed five shots in the entire second half (laughs) against Oklahoma. I mean, what the hell do you do against that? You know what I mean? You know, nothing you can do. I no, mean, that's, not, a, not, a, not a damn lot. Yeah, I mean, you better be on point. Maybe that's why they threw in a towel, dude. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe they're just like, it's not my game, man. Like but, you play horse and you just, the guy never misses. But, you know, see, that's part of the point, though. You think about think about the heart that UNC showed being down 10 with, what, like 442 left? They were down 10 points. And they scrapped their way back in. Now, granted, those, those teams had had little mini, like, leads and mini runs. Uh, they traded that a couple of times in that game. Uh, and again, you know, what what the point here is the heart, man. You know the heart and the drive and the determination and rallying up. Uh, those teams certainly have two different flavors. But I that get, came from their seniors, though. I mean Bryce Johnson and Marcus, more Marcus Page than anything. But I mean when you talk the heart and all that, you had seniors leading that team. So I mean that's again the theme. You know, right. seniors, and, upperclassmen leading the way. And that's what I don't. Again, it's what I don't understand about what the hell happened to Oklahoma. It just I don't know, Mark. Am I missing something? <clears throat> no, I mean I'd say what I what I saw. I watched I watched both times very closely. Like well, <laughs> once it started getting out of, out of range, I think we all probably zoned out a little bit when just kind of sh- shocked, you know, how, how it was turning. So, uh, but I'd say when it was still a manageable game, uh, to me it was it was all about the first. I'd say it was about five five to six minutes of the second half where mm-hmm. I mean Oklahoma seemed like they came out you know fired up. They they were you know, hit, hitting the glass really hard and honestly succeeding pretty well at it, but they just still couldn't get the you know couldn't get the biscuit in the basket. I mean they they their their shots just were not falling and so I I don't know if you just simply chalk it up to you know frustration with you know the fact that you know the shots just weren't falling, but I mean they they absolutely had their opportunities right and, and it seemed like they were playing pretty strong at the start of that second half, but then when it just you know. I don't know. I guess if you feel like you're giving max effort and things just aren't changing, and then you know little you know, runs start happening, and then one run after another. I mean, the twenty-five to nothing run. I mean, that's just oh. that's not that's not supposed to happen. No, in a not final at that four, level. In a, in a final four game, that, no. that, that that was just insane. And and so, um, I, I think you know we're absolutely right in saying that you know Villanova deserves and 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 should absolutely get their credit because you know while while I think we largely focus on the offense. The, the defense was fantastic throughout the tourney as well, and you know I think they 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 came up with really strong game plans against the stars on each team. They we, did. We we saw them run through, 
Uh, they really kept Bryce Johnson at, at, at bay for the most part. They did, a, they they did a fantastic job of limiting him. And that dude got frustrated in that game, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, yeah he did. Um, and they kept they kept healed in check. And, and, I mean, they just, you know, right, right. I mean, I, I Nova, I think there there's so many things that I like I like to applaud about the way they did this right. you know tournament because you know in the past obviously they know I mean they you know, they absolutely had a monkey on their back it would be in the team that always has great talent but sputters out in the tournament and so they finally they finally got rid of that they finally showed you know what <laughs> we we know how good our team is this year and I mean they they steamrolled man they they I think they they have one of the biggest you know like winning margins uh, for a tournament team throughout the entire tournament. Um, well, well, you know, they uh, keep keep this in mind. Vi- combined Villanova and UNC, they had a combined margin of victory of two hundred two points. That is the largest combined margin of victory for two teams in the championship game ever. Now, granted, that's greatly aided by Villanova blowing out Oklahoma. <laughs> Sure. To be fair, <laughs> sure. I mean that's like a qu- sure. that's almost like a quarter of it, right? From sure. one freaking game. Um, uh, random side note: Can you guess who uh, was the next pairing right behind them? I'm say Duke and somebody. Duke and UConn in '99. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Trajan Langdon. Thanks for those two turnovers at the end. I wiped that from my memory until I was reading about games. I got reminded about that and that Duke. <laughs> Not, and then I was like, that's why I hate freaking UConn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, yeah, here's the here's Duke the UConn at 99, but 202 points between them, you know, that that's ridiculous, it ridiculous. Yeah. UNC was undefeated when they scored 30 or more points in the paint. Mm-hmm. They had lost every other game not scoring 30 points. They, I think it was 26 points they scored in the paint mm-hmm. versus Nova. So there you go. Well, if, if I recall correctly, Villanova actually outscored them in the paint. Yes, which is yeah. weird. I mean, you, um, I guess we can, you know, Giles, you can certainly fact check this for me if, if need be, but I'm pretty sure uh, UNC didn't have a single fast break point in the championship, which is an insane stat for them. Wow. Uh, they, they they certainly, they had a couple opportunities that they missed, but in the end, they, they didn't make a single fast break point. So, I mean, Nova was doing a phenomenal job of getting back on D. They were just scrappy. Not, not, not allowing that transition, you know. Baskets, because that's I mean that's that's huge. I mean that's enormous. Well, that making fifty seven percent of your shots also helps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I, yeah. I know one, one pivotal you know a, a really pivotal moment for 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 me that you know I remember is just huge. Uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I'm not remembering the guy's name, but the the freshman that came up huge off the bench for uh, for Villanova. Booth. No. Yes. It was yeah. it Booth? Yeah. Yeah, Booth. Uh, when I think uh, you know after UNC cut down that 10, 10 point lead down to down to three. And you know they they absolutely were you know had had Villanova you know pressing a little bit and I think uh, a perfectly played defensive possession for UNC and he kind of pulled last second just kind of a fadeaway jumper right in the middle of the paint to put it back up to five mm-hmm. it's just huge I mean not beyond just the you know the points that guy put up that that shot right there for a freshman and that you know I mean it was you know good maybe three minutes left in the game enormous I mean just absolutely enormous. Yeah, they had some pretty clutch things, and you know there were moments, moments in that game. Uh, I don't, I was, I don't remember if, if Arch was trying to go to Oshefu or not, but it was late in that game, and he like totally, it, they just threw, he just threw that damn thing away. Yeah. When uh, when when UNC was having to run, and I'm like, man, you know what's happened to him? They they have to collect themselves. They got to get get it back together, and you know they did get a break on, and I think it was Booth. Let me see if I can find that. I want to say it was Booth. 
and he ended up getting fouled, and uh, the crowd certainly booed and they showed the replay. I think they thought he well, was 35 walked. seconds left. Yeah, 35 and a half seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they thought Booth walked right before getting fouled, and he ended up hitting both free throws. You know, and yeah, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Uh, yeah, it was one of those things, but they definitely had a lot of back and forth. But, you know, if you're talking about coming up clutch, for a guy like Booth who, you know, I mean, I don't know how many people were like, oh, yeah, Booth's going to be the big difference maker here. But, you know, Phil Booth, 20 points, 6 of 7. Um, shooting six of six from the uh, free throw line, all career highs, for the most part out of nowhere. You know that's a hell of a thing to do, and sometimes you know when when a team is to me, you know, I'm, you're looking at this and you're like, man, they need somebody to kind of right the ship. And one of the things I liked about this Villanova team in this tournament and this year is whether it's chemistry, cohesion, or kind of an understanding that sometimes. They just found a way for somebody to kind of step up. You know what I'm saying? Booth did that. And when something started to go awry, they didn't fold, right? Somebody pulled them out of it. And they needed they needed that to happen, and Booth did that in some of those moments. Jenkins did that in some of those moments. And God bless, for a while when, you know, I mean, can you imagine if Jenkins had fouled out of that game? Oh, my gosh. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know, man. I, I think you, you have to give Villanova um, a lot of dap for the resolve, uh, especially when some, you know, UNC, and I want to say in the post-game presser, I think it was Paige, and he was very emotional, and he was saying, he was talking about how they really believed if they, if they got this game to overtime that they were going to win it because they had so much momentum to come back from 10 down that they really believed had it gone to overtime, they were going to take that thing. Oh, I, I think there's a damn good chance of that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... it's well, I guess it's, it's easy for anybody to say now. But well, yeah, it, I mean, the hindsight sure, retrospect, it's sure. like that. And to um, hit the shot he did, man, that I, was... I, 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 I don't know how I'm going to get over that. Some of those, I think, Shannon, you, you're the first person to share, uh, I think, um, Jay Adonde maybe share, shared on, on Twitter the, the gorgeous, you know, picture of the kind of the, the low angle of how oh, absurd yeah. that, how absurd, I mean, just, you're not supposed to make a shot like that. And in that situation, to have that, you know, just, just ability, I mean, that's... That's you don't teach that. No, no. <laughs> that, that's know, just I, crazy raw ability there. I mean, but you know, I hate it, to play that dude in horse, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's, Here, no, thank you. Check this out, bitches. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> think about the adjustments he had to make. You know, you got Oshefu diving at trying to trying to get the steal, or at least you know get his hand and hit the ball. You got that, and then you have um, you know Arch coming at him, and this guy not only gets the pass, gets past Oshefu. Deals with Arch, jumps up in the air, has to, you know, finagle his body, double clutch, get off this weird shot. I mean, good lord. And that crowd reaction, so ridiculous, man. I can't, I can't, I, it's one of those I'd love to have heard, like, truly how loud it was there. Oh. Um, Fan eruption. I mean, you you know it. Yeah. And what was the Shaq quote a few years ago when he made a shot and then or, – Tim Duncan made the off balance shot, and then Derek Fisher hit the shot with like three tenths of a second, mm-hmm. and he was like, "One great shot deserves another." <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah. Well, I mean that that's certainly true for that one, man. And you know, again, I, I think we have to give big kudos. One of the things going into the game, people kept talking about was you know really UNC's bigs and how they should dominate, how they had this advantage. But you know, they missed some they missed some close in shots. I mean, granted, they did get some like. You know, there. I, I, 
was it Johnson? So they had a, a they had a, a couple of things where they just lobbed it up and the dude just stuffed it in. So they had some really pretty plays, but they did. I they, mean, they're, UNC is a crazy skilled team, but I think for the for pretty much the entirety of the game and 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 you know really UNC was was fine dealing with it in the first half because they were hitting threes, but right. Villanova was determined not to let them get down low, so they really weren't having an easy time at all. No, they were super scrappy, dude. Said that that's how you beat UNC. They're, they're not a great shooting team. They're one of the they're they're their worst three point shooting team in forever, and you know what? In the first half, they were drilling them. But you know, yeah, the I, fact I, I felt, they were, I, sorry, the fact no, they were hitting them in the first half. It probably yeah. was a miracle for UNC. It was, but I sure felt, and I think most people probably felt like, all right, kudos to them, but that's not going to last for an entire game. No, it's just not. Let me let me law tell that, you, law so- of averages, law all of their, you know, the fact that they're really not that good of a three point shooting team, it's gonna it's gonna fall off. What? So Villanova stuck the course, and and yeah, they definitely UNC is too big and too skilled down low to be kept out entirely. They're gonna still find their way down there somewhat, but Villanova stuck their game plan of like basically we're gonna do our best to make sure that we force them to shoot jumpers. Well, you know there were times UNC had such a distinct size advantage, but you know Villan, excuse me, Villanova just seemed like they were willing to throw anybody on one of their bodies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we didn't care if if you had them by like six inches or a foot, whatever. Right. We're we're gonna we're gonna be in your face. We're gonna be up on you. You're gonna have to right, work you. for it, right? You just go. And there are times you look at them, you're like, dude, you got this. You, you so have size on them. Go. What is going on? But you know, we're talking about UNC shooting a three. They had their best three point shooting game of the season. Still lost. But conversely, if you didn't realize this, they had their worst two point shooting game of the season. They only shot thirty four point seven percent. From two, okay. wow. they and some of that they missed a lot of conversions, you know, uh, off of offensive rebounds. But obviously, you got to miss the, you know, the first shot even when you get to the offensive rebound. But think about that. Think about Sorry. that. That's it's just it's weird. It's so yeah. weird. So I tell you what, we've run over thirty, and I'm out of beer, so I need a freshie. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's National Beer Day. I got I got to lock and load, and we'll lock and reload here. But we need to drill down a little bit in some of the games, and I think we can do that. We've kind of, you know, kind of gone topical and jumped around, you know, with a couple of things, which is cool. That's fine. Whatever. Pfft, National Beer Day, Sports Brew, Throwdown Thursday, woo! All that woo. good stuff. But uh, why don't we take a, a quick break? We'll come back and we'll uh, drill down into some more details with these things and uh, run through the championship stuff and the Final Four. Just top some loose ends. Uh, but, you know, I'm enjoying the flow of this, man. We're all over the place, but I'm kind of enjoying it. Because, you know, again, I think contextually, Final Four and Championship game, dude, it's fantastic. Although we haven't really touched on UNC Syracuse. Sorry, Randy. According uh, to I Randy, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was an ass kicking. That's all there is to it. <laughs> so, Randy, are you telling me that uh, Syracuse <laughs> had a one, one charting moment there in the end? Pretty much. <laughs> Is that even fair, given that... It's really, it's, it's really not. Yeah, you know, no, nobody thought they belonged in there they, anyway, and they pulled... They, they made it a hell of a lot further than Duke, than Kentucky, than all the rest of us, so... I say more tip of the cap than sharding moment. There you go. They say beat by 44. This is also true. That, very that, true. that is very, very true. Nice job, Oklahoma. Anyway... Uh, yeah, we'll top some thoughts with that, and we'll uh, run through the rest of the, you know, again, we'll just, I think we might even just spend the whole rest of the time talking about the Final Four in the championship game, man. Who knows? Whatever. Throw down Thursday, National Beer Day. You know what? It's the Brew Crew. Let's just have some fun with it, right? 
Yeah, so buddy. we'll take a break. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Brady Loves, uh, Funnel Cake, Sports Radio, Spark Sports, all kinds of stuff, man. Keyword, Sports Brew on Twitter at VA Sports Brew and on Facebook uh, at, uh, well, Facebook.com slash Sports Brew. Although uh, we have probably haven't been posting enough. It's been more like podcasts there. Sometimes you need to follow us more on Twitter <laughs> at VA Sports Brew <laughs> for more content. That's just the way that it goes, man. I was yeah. building a porch last week, man. Give me a freaking break. Get my Ryan Jordans on Twitter. Yes, lots of crying Jordans on Twitter. And we need to talk about that, man. Because I know some people are like saying it's like jump the shark and they're tired of it. But I'm like, dude, there was no more perfect time for crying Jordan memes than that damn game. He was there. He was there, <laughs> he was there dude. <laughs> it was perfect. There was You couldn't ask for a better setup. Wait, the maybe, only, that, maybe that means that's a pinnacle and it won't get any better. So I, don't, I, don't know how, yeah, I don't no, know the how you... The pinnacle would be if you actually cried again. Yeah. Well, according to the crying Jordan meme, he saw himself on the phone and then he cried. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like, that's like the mic drop. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty great. That, that was pretty great. You know, I, I guess what we would need is like the crying Jordan meme and then Google's April Fool joke, right? April Fool's joke. So they could have a minion mic drop after a crying Jordan and then life would have been perfect. You know, would have been perfect. And anyway, we'll be back in just a moment with the sports brew. And again, happy birthday, Randy. Yeah, yeah, that's buddy. right. Take a sip, man, and get that next beer. We'll be back in All just right. a moment. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to take a little bit of a break to stretch our legs and to refill our beer bottles. Again, National Beer Day, man. So I had to go crank up this uh, Heavy Seas Double Cannon Double IPA, dude. It was time to get up on it. And, uh, you know, during break, I was uh, perusing Facebook as I was <laughs> reloading my beer, and I found a rather entertaining... Um, <laughs> page and it's classic childhood books with updated titles are beyond hilarious on BuzzFeed. And you know, you, you find so many random things on the interwebs, but uh, we're over here, like, you know, worried that Shannon's all ill and you know, gonna have to like get out early. And uh, next thing you know, we're looking at a child, a children's book with a Photoshop title that says Taco Bell destroyed my anus. <laughs> and I mean. <laughs> Like, how do you not feel better? Grandpa voted for Trump. <laughs> Systematic oppression will be our little secret. Now, granted, you know, this is one of those things that you, you need the visual. Yeah. But if you think of, like, like stupid like childhood books like the Hardy Boys and, I don't know, Sweet Valley, uh, Sweet Valley Twins, and just all these goofy things, right? You know, these little soft, friendly little... Here's grandma or grandpa or mama and papa and the kid on the cover. And, you know, it's all friendly. and looks like looks like you can read it to your four-year-old. And then it's Taco Bell destroyed my anus. Um, it's just, it, you know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> it's Old so House strange. Michelle, robbed of a childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarro, man. I'll have to attach that to the end of this uh, when I when I post the podcast. I like this one. He just ate a whole bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. So stupid. Just looking at the same one. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> so, one right below it. Yeah, man. Oh, this one. This one's clearly a book that Mark needs. Uh, she posted two selfies in a row. The sequel would be Mark's, and that's uh, bathroom selfies. You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, man, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll tweet that out, man. We'll send that out because that's pretty funny. Um, anyway, you know, let's get back to the Final Four in the championship game. 
So a couple of things here. Um, you know, Vill- Villanova certainly was undersized against UNC, but they were super scrappy, man. And we talked about how they were willing to put a body out there and just the scrap and the hustle that they had. And I think that's one of the things that really defines, you know, that team this year. Uh, certainly when you look at the, what they did in the tournament and how they finished that off, um, you know, from on one hand, blowing out Oklahoma, having the largest margin of, vic- of victory in Final Four history, uh, certainly the largest loss in NCAA tournament history for uh, Oklahoma. Uh, you know, but Villanova had 15 points off of nine Oklahoma turnovers in the first half. Buddy healed, terrible game, nine points, shot 33%. Uh, you know, and by the time you get to the second half of that, Villanova is launching like full-court bombs, dude. Um, they lobbed one. I don't even remember who threw it, but they just they threw the thing the whole virtually the whole damn length of the court and just you know got it in. There. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely obscene. Seventy one, a little bit over seventy one percent shooting, the second best shooting performance in the history of the Final Four, only behind the nineteen ninety eighty five Villanova team uh, versus Georgetown, and, and they shot like right around seventy nine percent. So kind of hard to best that one. Um, but Villanova before the championship game had four of the top eight shooting performances by any team in any game in the 2016 tournament. You know what I mean? And, you know, uh, Mark, I was joking around with you, and I said, uh, I think I said something like, Villanova shut down Buddy, uh, Buddy, uh, healed it. Like, Buddy Bucket's team looked like Buddy Efforts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 we'll say Buddy Suckets. Let's, let's, let's do that. <laughs> but I think everybody knows what I'm really saying. Uh, and UNC, if I remember correctly, was initially favored by two. Um... Yes. You're going into that championship game. So, and oh, I tell you what, man, a little bit of that for Roy Williams um, joins Coach K as uh, the only two coaches with 70 NCAA tournament wins. Keep in mind that Coach K has 90. So I thought it was kind of an odd stat reference because they're 20 games apart. And that's a, you know what I'm saying? It's like the difference between 90 to 70 is pretty big. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, still to hit 70, uh, it's pretty, pretty fierce. So before we get full on into the championship game, though, I did want to at least touch on Syracuse, certainly for uh, UNC Syracuse, uh, for uh, Randy just a little bit. Uh, Keep in mind that the Orange had held four opponents to 62 points or less, or fewer, depending on how you, if you want to be grammar Nazi on me, Um, and they gave up 83 to UNC. They were outscored 50 to 32 in the paint by the Tar Heels. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a tough out, man. Syracuse certainly had a lot of heart, a lot of defense to get as far as they did. Uh, not so good on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, shot around 40% throughout the tournament. And Syracuse did lose all three games against UNC this season. So, birthday boy. Um, how do you want to tie a bow on uh, either UNC and Syracuse or Syracuse's season? As you blow out a candle, obviously you blow out the season for the Orange. <laughs> well, biggest thing is is that what UNC did against Syracuse is they pretty much... Like you know, like you were saying, stat wise, they just got the big guys under under the net, and I mean, out rebounded them. Just absolutely, were just crashing the boards and just getting offensive boards and putting it in. And it was, I mean, there was one point when UNC just started hitting shot after shot after shot after shot. And I'm going, are they ever going to miss? Mm-hmm. That that was just a ridiculous run. But as far as Syracuse goes for the in season itself, uh, I I was amazed. How far they made it. I was really yeah. impressed. I'm very proud of what this team put forth. Considering at the beginning of the season, for all intents and purposes, the rumors were that Bayheim was going to res- retire after this year, and now there's talk of him actually staying on. He ought to stay on. I don't, I don't think it's retirement time for him unless they're going to force him out of the program. 
So, uh, but to, for these guys, for this ragtag bunch of guys who pretty much everybody, all the analysts were like, they don't belong here. They just pretty much proved everybody wrong that they just scrapped and fought their way. But in the end, their biggest weakness, their lack of being able to actually shoot the damn ball with any accuracy, is finally <laughs> caught up to them. They the team that was bigger, stronger, where it counted, faster in a lot of respects, finally just it caught up to them. This Final Four run by Syracuse was a true Bayheim middle finger. <laughs> middle finger to the media. Yeah, but you know, every year there's always some team that, that's knocking on the door that people kind of pile on. And, you know, uh, one of the things we said very early on when we were talking about the tournament and we were discussing, you know, Syracuse in particular, was, you know, whatever grief you get for making it or wherever you're seated, you know, show up and ball. And if you do that and you win, the rest of it takes care of itself. You know what I'm saying? And if people are wrong about you, prove them wrong. You know, show up, show up, and, and you know, freaking play. And Syracuse did. I still can't believe they knocked off UVA, man. It still blows my <laughs> mind. I mean, it really does, dude. It's it's still crazy to me that that happened. But we'll we'll touch on that in a few minutes. I think we need to circle back to the championship game, and then we can kind of talk about big impressions and some, some of the stuff we really enjoyed with the tournament. And we'll circle back to some of the games that we missed, uh, just for context. Um, well, one one quick thing on Syracuse. Yeah. One of the one of the th- one of the three of the key players in this run for Syracuse, they're freshmen. Yeah, uh, Tyler Roberson, Malachi Richardson, and uh, Leiden were all they're all freshmen. So they'll be back next year. No one and done's there. I mean, Benajay's is a senior, and Cooney's a senior, and I think Coleman's a senior as well. So. Should be should be a good team next year. Yeah. Well, you know, the ACC is a hell of a conference. And, you know, I think it's one of the things that really showed through the early part of the tournament was the, the depth and the breadth, you know what I mean, the quality of the ACC. And, you know, perhaps the record coming out of a conference like that wasn't indicative relative to the rest of the, you know, the uh, rest of the teams in the, in the uh, bracket, you know, how good maybe what we thought was an average or middling team was, right? And then you always have that thing where, you know, if, if you put it together at the right time and you've got some talent, got some skill, and you just you get the mojo and the moxie, whatever it is, and you ball and you hoop, you know, you can make a run. And Syracuse did that. So you got to give them credit for that. Um, and that, there's no shame in eating it against North Carolina in the Final Four, man. You know, especially if, you, if, if, if you're shooting bricks. I mean, I guess they they can make some they can moonlight as bricklayers I suppose. <laughs> I need some patio work, guys. So you know, if you need to come down here, feel free. No, that, that was Oklahoma versus Villanova. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess with all the sanctions that are forthcoming for Louisville, they'll have some free time. But there's just no there's no hookers or strippers here at the Grove. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> None of that. So the only thing you'll be laying is are bricks. <laughs> <laughs> not strippers, <laughs> and I don't know. That, I, and I don't know that there's a, a Rick Patino friendly Italian restaurant anywhere. Though there is a, there there are subways. So you know, somewhere somehow, there can be a footlong. <laughs> Speaking of that, <laughs> I lo- I do enjoy the fact that uh, Jared from for- formerly of Subway is getting beaten down in prison. That's still pretty funny to me. Yeah, got his ass whooped. It's gonna go no matter where that dude goes in prison. People are gonna beat the crap out of him if if they have the opportunity. They're gonna do that, man. Anyway, that's a random aside. So, all right, uh, well, let's go. Let's go to the championship game, man, because I I really think that that was the creme de la creme. Um, you know, really putting the cherry on top of 
you know, a season where there were lots of questions and uh, you had some inconsistency in the bracket. You know, you certainly some teams falling short. There's looking at you, Michigan State. Still can't believe they did that. It's amazing to me. Uh, and other teams rising up and really seizing the moment, at least for a game or two. Uh, you and I, uh, certainly for one, that was fun. But, man, just Villanova in the end, dude. Whew. But, I, you know, I really enjoyed that championship game, man. That that game was so, so good to me. Back and forth, um, well played for the most part. You saw passion, you saw determination, you saw effort. And, you know, both teams executed. You know, I'm not going to say from start to finish every single thing was high-level execution. They had some moments, you know, where, you know, maybe they goofed or something got away from them. But, you know, both teams found ways to rally up. Both teams found ways to overcome. Both Both teams found... You know, you, you dig down, and that was a really, really enjoyable basketball game. And for it to happen on the biggest stage with the brightest lights in that kind of a moment, that kind of a crowd, um, super enjoyable, very compelling, kept me interested from start to finish. You know, at, at the end of the day, that is a championship game, you know, and people can always get in the list and, you know, your Mount Rushmore of this and the best thing of that, you know. Other than the Leitner shot, which Shannon says doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Look, man, I'm telling you, the state of Kentucky, whenever they replay that game, whenever Sean Woods hits that runner, the game's over. <laughs> they end it. Yeah, well, may- maybe North Carolina can end it after the paid <laughs> shot, right? <laughs> the only difference is, is the game was tied at that point. Right, right. Oh, man. But it just... That that was such an enjoyable game to watch. Again, I mean, you know, if you want to be nitpicky, yeah, there were some issues with the refs. Then it was a little ticky tacky at times, but you know, I really think if you zone in and, and you get to the, you know, the going back and forth and some of the some of the guard play and and just the three point shooting and then I don't man, just going back and forth is so so enjoyable. But if you kind of and I rewatched part of the game right tonight just because I I wanted to do it. And you know what's funny is even though I knew what happened when I rewatched the end of that game, I still got chills, dude. That's how you know it was a really good game. You know what I'm saying? It was crazy. I rewound and I'd watch the part, and then I'd rewind and I'd watch it again. Or I'd look at this or I'd look at that. I mean, that it was just enjoyable. Um, but I think really the defining moments you get later in the game, um, particularly when Villanova was up 67 to 57, 4:42 to go, and the Tar Heels just start coming back, dude. They scored seven in a row to close it to 67-64. Nova gets back up six. Then Carolina hits a big three. Uh, then Villanova has that terrible pass out of the trap well over Oshefu's head. That was Arch. Um, Carolina scores at 70-69 to 69 with a minute left. Uh, that's when, you know, obviously we've talked about the booth, um, you know, the booth foul with about 35 seconds left. He ends up hitting both free throws. Of course, the crowd hated it because they thought he walked. Um, just the flow at the end, man, the intensity. And Villanova kind of stumbling a little bit and you're thinking oh crap here comes UNC man they're gonna they're gonna strip this thing away from them and they find a way they have the resolve the guts the guile whatever man to I was getting ready to say shake that off but I, I can't really do that can I um <laughs> ah, oh, why hell, not, why not? <laughs> I mean, you know, if if that's our only shake it off reference of the night, that's pretty damn good. So, <laughs> anyway, 
but you know, having the presence of mind and the skill and and just the ability to, to do that and to come up big in a moment, and really both teams did. You know, UNC had to had to rally, and they did. And then Villanova had to answer, and they did. And uh, I, I did think UNC maybe wasted a little bit of time. That's being a little nitpicky. Uh, when they fouled, um, about 13 and a half seconds left, they put Josh Hart on the line. He hit them both, 74-71. And then you get to that, uh, you know, it's UNC ball. Obviously, the pass to Marcus Page. We talked about Oshefu going down to the floor trying to get, you know, a hand on that ball somehow by hell or by high water. And then, uh, you know, Arch uh, getting up in, in Page's grill. And, and Page just making an incredible adjustment during the shot. Heaving up that thing that that's really a wild shot that goes in. Crowd goes absolutely bananas. It's it's a tie game, seventy four seventy four, and you know you're thinking four point seven seconds left. Can they hold? And you know you think about all the options that they do have, and you know certainly Shannon, you know you would expect if it's if it's half court that they're not going to let the inbounder trail that way. You know what I mean? They're going to get some bodies on them. But you know you, you're thinking full court, man. Um, they have so many options with what they can do, but when Chris Jenkins inbounds that to uh, to Arch, he's trailing right behind him. And, you know, Arch just you know he takes the ball, he's, he's hauling, and you know, there's a little bit of open space thanks to uh, essentially a brush screen from Arch feeds yeah. Jenkins the ball, and you know Hicks is just a split second late to react, and boom, dude, just a walk off, man. And Shannon, you know what one of your favorite people says, right? I mean, because it it really was, man. That was one of the best back-to-back sets of shots I think you can ever see. By the way, the poetry that that Bill Raftery called a Big East team winning the national championship was just phenomenal. That was Because he's called that conference forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, those Big East tournaments when they were on ESPN and all those great games. And then now he calls the Big East on Fox with uh, Gus and and goes back to CBS and calls a national. It, and not only that, but to have the Onions call mm-hmm. in the national championship game. That's fun. It, it's, I mean, he could walk away today and be just fine. Oh, yeah. Well, I want him to. He might need but. to get a tie from Jim Nance, I guess. Oh, maybe a beer. <laughs> I did learn that Jim Nance carries around a pitcher of burnt toast in his wallet. <laughs> I'm not kidding, by the way. Is that part of his divorce settlement? I, apparently, I don't know about that, but <laughs> that is funny, though. Apparently, he likes his toast super burnt. And so, as I was like, I don't know why people are making such a big damn deal out of this tie thing. But somehow, like, I was on one sports site reading about the tie, and I'm just like, why is this such a big deal about Jim Nance giving, like, you know, players tie, his tie? Who cares? Um, I hadn't even, it never really even, like, I registered with me until it became a big story. But somehow off of that, you know how you are when you're online. You, like, read one thing, and you topic jump, and you click this link, and you go here, and you go there. And I learned that Jim Nance carries around, he likes his toast burnt. And so he carries around a picture in his wallet of how he likes his toast because he used to go and complain to his wife that everywhere he went when he would do breakfast he always had to send a toast back and so he felt like he was losing he calculated out how much time he wasted in a week or a month and then a year trying to get his toast right and so she was like aha i have this idea you're going to carry around a picture of how you like your toast here's a scale of toast where you like it extra crispy and so he has a picture of freaking toast in his wallet that way he can get his 
burnt black toast. <laughs> so strange. Who knew? What a weird ass thing. Uh, by the way, Jim Nance, there's a thing called a cell phone. <laughs> you can always be like, I like my toast extra crispy. See? <laughs> you can do that too. But old Shocking. School. Yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, that's probably what he wants him to do to the toast. Shock it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and burn it to a crisp. Uh, I did think it was a little unfair, though. That I saw some articles um, talking about, like, uh, Marcus Page hitting the greatest shot that no one will remember. And I don't think that's true. I think one of the things that makes the end of that game so phenomenal and so memorable is the fact that you had those two shots back-to-back. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's part of what makes it so incredible. Because how often do you see something like that? It's not just to have two big shots. It's to have two big shots in that time frame in a title game at the end of it. You know what I mean? That both of them look like, well, certainly the walk-off defines it. There's, I mean, it's a walk-off. Um, but if you're looking at it from the UNC side, to tie it up and think, hey, just hold them. Let's get to OT, man. Uh, yep. Such a huge and, and such a, a ridiculous shot. And you're going to see all these pictures of Marcus Page in the air. The adjustment that he makes, I mean, and there's some beautiful shots of it. You know what I mean? It's just amazing to me. I think you have to take, to me, the end of that game is both of those shots together. I know that's a weird thing to say, maybe, but I really believe to fully appreciate what the end of that game is, you have to take them back to back because it's incredible. So I, I, I think people will remember Marcus Page's shot. I don't think that's going to be forgotten. I mean, I mean, do you guys? No. No. Definitely not. And shame on people if they do forget it, man, because, look, it's an all-time. I know Deshaun Woods' shot always gets forgotten. Right. But they're talking like a 6'1", 6'2", guard shooting that over 6'10", Leitner. I mean, that was an impossible shot. That's the no, 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 yes! (laughs) Onions, yes! like, Like, oh, no, oh! I wonder if the audio in this clip is any good. Let's see. The audio is not loud enough, man, but the crowd reaction is so fantastic. And then just, I don't know, just to have that shot, and then to have, you know, Chris Jenkins coming down, just, just so obscene. Ah, that was a slightly better one. That was Marcus Page. That was Marcus Page. Let's see if I can find one with Chris Jenkins. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I just love that. They don't, they don't have the fireworks blowing out of the ceiling. <laughs> oh, that's all right, though. By the way, man, I don't know how Jay Wright was that freaking calm. That was amazing to me. And then that dude's just like, he's like, yeah, he hit the shot. Let me walk over here. Eh, meh. <laughs> yeah. Just won my first national title. It's cool. What's up? Good game, Roy. <laughs> yeah. Good game, Roy. Uh, I did think that was pretty funny, man. <laughs> Calm, cool, and collective. And he just turned right, and you know, he, he Jenkins has the shots, and he turns right, and he's going to shake Roy's hand. Man, it was crazy. I mean, um, go I ahead. Mean, what else does he do that calmly? I don't know. Somebody was talking about how it reminded them of uh, Jordan's shrug game when he was like just drilling sixes. Oh, excuse me, drilling, uh, drill, that'd be really good, drilling threes. <laughs> I think but I think it was some, I, I want to say the context was that it was like after he hit his 6-3 and he just like shrugged it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's that kind mm-hmm. of day, man. Just can't and, miss, it's my night. You know, and maybe that was that kind of thing for uh, Jay Wright. He's just like, yo, 
What did you say earlier, Shannon? The the right stuff? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I thought I moved that over where it was easily accessible. Apparently, I did not. <laughs> Too bad. Oh, man. But... Oh, well, there's Kirk Cousins. That's not what I was looking for, but that's okay. <laughs> Jay Wright was not like that. <laughs> no. I, but I don't know, man. You, you know, you see the reaction, and you know, I love the fact that you know Jenkins just, dude. What do they what do they call him? Big smooth. Yes, big smooth. Uh, yeah, I mean, he hits that shot, and it's just you got the just the arena like everything blows out of the rafters, confetti, <laughs> fireworks. The team's just running on the court, and that was one of those shots that as he's going up, you know, you there are times you see somebody going up for a shot, and you're like, damn, that thing's gonna that that that, that thing sure as hell looks good. Yeah. And that felt the whole the whole time, man. As as he's setting up and taking that shot, you're like, oh, dude. Oh, he was in rhythm, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely, that looked like it was just that the stroke was there, man. Yep. He, and sure total, as hell it total was, rhythm dude. Shot, great, great screen by the point guard Arch, and um, you know, not illegal because he was still passing the ball and his momentum was taking him that way. But you know, just one of those little things, little. There we go. Things you can use in basketball to create some space. I had to go ahead and just re-add it to the playlist. There you go. That's for you, Shannon. So speaking of new kids on the block, uh, with Tyler Eulis going, and uh, who's that other kid? The one from Haiti? Oh, Scal. Yeah, at turning pro, or at least yeah. you know entering, throwing his well, hat in the ring for the draft, or whatever. Scal had to go pro because he got exposed this year and. His stock's actually pretty high right now, so he didn't want to lose any more stock. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's going to be that good of a pro. Um, well, you never know. We'll but, see what happens. But Murray went pro as well. I mean, the kid that averaged twenty a game as a freshman, which yeah. is just unreal. So, I got my issue of SI today, and I was reading through this thing, man, and. You know, I, I obviously I read both of my news on the on the on the internet these days, but every once in a while, man, you're just chilling. It's nice to hold the magazine in your hands and go through. And there were a couple of pieces and their coverage of, you know, obviously what they framed the supernova, and I, I just love some of these lines, man. So there's this one thing, obviously with the last play, and they're talking about, uh, you know, Arch, and they're saying the ball was in his hands and a voice was screaming behind him. It was so loud. It had so much conviction. And it was so familiar that uh, Arch could single it out in the crowd of 74,340 at NRG Stadium. Arch! 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 <laughs> it was junior Chris Jenkins, the inbound on a play that the Wildcats called Nova. Nova's first option was Arch. The second option was sophomore guard Phil Booth coming off a screen in the corner. And the last option was Jenkins, the trail man and the voice. Inbounds passer is always the most dangerous player on the court. Mm-hmm. It certainly was there. Also love seeing uh, Massimino in the, in the mm-hmm. stands, dude. That was great. Yeah, oh. wasn't he with the Czar of the Telestrator? In- indeed. Uh, I love this, man. Um, Massimino said, uh, quote, almost jumped onto the court. Uh, he said after he'd been helped on the floor by a friend to watch one shining moment play on the big screens. 31 years after the perfect game. He had witnessed the perfect ending. I loved that line, man. I thought that was phenomenal, dude. Still got magic, man. Still has some magic. Speaking of Arch, and we're talking about Jay Wright, and we're talking about you know senior leadership and that kind of deal on this team. Um, In this particular case, you know Oshefu and Arch are really the seniors in question here. 
And one of the things they did uh, the last time they left Villanova is they went and they went to the logo at half court. And these are their two scholarship seniors. There may be other seniors in the team, but these are your two scholarship seniors. And so they wanted to take a picture. They did that. And somebody went to talk to Jay Wright, you know, about this thing. And he said, you know, I, I, I can't talk about it. That's why I'm wearing sunglasses. Wright said, quote, it's amazing. He is me. And he's speaking of Arch here. Uh, Wright said after his team's second round went over Iowa, discussing how little he has to instruct Arch and how much coaching Arch does unprompted. He takes care of everything. Arch is the player that Wright, a former Bucknell guard, wanted to be, and other Wildcats are so aware of this that they jokingly refer to Arch as Wright's son. You know, but that's, uh, you know, against the culmination, right? You know, you have those early exits, you have those painful losses, and then you have the determination of, of a kid that l- clearly has a love for that program, right? To assume the mantle and to want to lead the team and to want them to find a way to knuckle up and do better and overcome. And there he is. And, I, you know, it's just, I, I think with collegiate sports in particular, sometimes you just have to appreciate that. Yes. In the 2016 tournament, he averaged, Arch averaged 15, just a, just a hair under 16 points per game. He shot 66% field goals, but he was 62% from behind the arc. Pretty sick. <laughs> and then he was obviously the Final Four most outstanding player. But, and whether it's recency bias, I don't know, but I, I, you know, I would argue with anybody that's one of the best. Um, college basketball title games that i can ever remember in my life i that's i'd put it top three uh what would you put in front of it uh because i mean, I mean there's some classics you got to go back for some of them yeah I, well the 80s mm-hmm. obviously um uh, carolina georgetown was just phenomenal 82 jordan hitting that shot mm-hmm. nc state houston 83 um, I'm not, and I'm not devou- devaluing this game, but no, right. uh, Nova Georgetown in 85. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could go Arizona, Kentucky in 97. That was a phenomenal finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana, Syracuse with Key Smart hitting the shot. Duke 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Duke, if, if Gordon Hayward had hit that like last shot, that probably would be one of... You know, one of the top, <laughs> one of the top ones. You know. Well, if he'd hit a half court buzzer beater to win the yeah. national title, yeah. I mean, that would be pretty filthy. I mean, think about like that. You, uh, I can't remember the guy's name that did that uh, half court whatever for you and I earlier in the tournament. Oh, but yeah. I mean, what if what if th- what if that won a championship game? You know, a shot like that wins a championship game. You know what I'm saying? Like completely ridiculous. Unreal. Yeah. Um, I'd also forgotten, and I referenced this earlier, um, 1999, Connecticut, Duke, 77-74. And uh, I I was looking at some of these things, and uh, the Huskies forced back-to-back Trajan Langdon turnovers on Duke's final two possessions. Yes, tragic. Yeah, tragic Langdon. That's that's also (laughs) true uh, to to get the upset there and get their title. And that was only their second loss of the season, if I remember correctly. I mean, that 99 team was just a beast. Speaking of Duke, yeah, that was the Khalid Alamine, right? I'd have to double check, but the, you know that that's one of those that I kind of wiped from the memory banks. <laughs> Other than hating UConn, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. Uh, Mark, how about you, dude? 
Um, where would I rank it? I mean, I I don't feel like I'm quite as strong a, a tournament historian as I should be, but I mean, I don't see how it for me in my you know 20 years on this planet. It's probably <laughs> top two. I mean, I, I, I think it's it's. It absolutely is because I, I think, and I mean, I can keep it relatively brief. We talked about, you know, the duration of the game a lot, but I mean, it really just was a fascinating game where yes, right. people. I feel like people, you know, fans are the ones that are complaining some about the refs, and I, I don't think that that's entirely unfair. But I, I didn't see players feeling that way. I mean, they were they right. were bawling out. I mean, it really was just two teams at the top of their level, and we needed it. We needed it after the final four, and so I'm yeah. so thrilled uh, on paper. I was expecting a great game. I was rooting for Villanova. I had my you know bet on Villanova. I really was very confident in Villanova, but I certainly knew they weren't going to have an easy time of it. And, and North Carolina, <laughs> I mean, beyond the fact that of course they tied it, you know, with four point three left, you know, beyond that they they gave them a hell of a game. Yeah, absolutely. And so so uh, I think just for the effort that both teams put on for you know the storylines. I mean Booth, you know, freshman, you know, really being the big. Big time, you know, it's just enormous for the team. I don't know. It just there were so many storylines that, that that were interwoven throughout the entire game. So yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it top two. Strong, Randy. Honestly, I think for me, considering I'm not usually big on college basketball, for me, I'll put this at the top just because that type of finish, I've never seen anything like it before. Yeah, never. And, and, and with all the college basketball, I, granted, I really don't watch, but for when I do watch, to see stuff like that is amazing. It absolutely blew me away. I mean, you got to have some serious ice running through your veins to be able to just be like, oh, hey, yeah. A little over four seconds left. I got this. No worries. Onions. Nope. Onions. Oh, and I, I think Booth might be a sophomore, by the way. Okay. We might have to double check that, but I, I think he's a sophomore. But either way, you know, obviously a, a kind of a supporting player. Come off, there. Come off the bench. Yeah, yeah, come, yeah. So not your primary your dude. Um, so either way, pretty fantastic. But and see that that's the thing. And yeah, I know we've got recency bias here, but it's games like that that when you talk about sports, those are the games that that people love. The audiences love that game was so good. Even if you were a UNC fan, you had to be like, God, that was a hell of a game. I mean, you you certainly want the win, but if you're not going to win. And I'm a believer, like, you know, people have that argument, would, would you rather lose a close one or would you rather get blown out? Dude, I would rather not go out like Oklahoma did. If I had to lose, I'd rather go out like UNC did. Because that's that, that's heart, that's fight, and it's memorable. And it's not like, you know, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. It's, it's nothing like that, dude. I mean, that, that, that was an incredible game. They just had the ball last. Yeah. That's they, it. yeah. I mean, if, if there had been a few less ticks on the clock... You know, who, maybe it's OT. It, you know, maybe if one call goes a different way, who knows? You know, maybe if you know what I'm saying. I mean, you, you could nitpick or cherry pick out certain moments, but UNC had opportunities. To me, that just the the flow, the story, and the takeaway from that game is just like, bam, man, so enjoyable, and that finish so memorable, so incredible. I was pumped. Watching that game, watching that game, and watching Twitter was absolutely golden at the end of that game. Dude, are you freaking kidding me? We joked around about the crying Jordans, but God bless. Man, they were blowing up. <laughs> you know, when, when, when any event turns into a complete 
Twitter rage meltdown or meme fest or whatever, I mean, it's compelling. It's compelling. That's what that game was. That was the game that... And, Mark, you're right. The final, the final four collectively was... You know, and there were some games, and you know, there were some rounds that just didn't quite live up to the billing. The championship game did. Yeah, championship like game. The, did. The, the book, the book, the bookends represented the yeah. first round, as it pretty much always does. I mean, we, we we have, but but honestly, I mean, again, maybe maybe recency bias, but I would even say the first round, I think, had uh, a lot to say in terms of maybe being one of the best first rounds that we've had in a long time. I mean, it, it's, it's always great. There's always going to be upsets. There's always going to be buzzer beaters. But I really feel like this year it's, it seemed like, and I, and I feel like I read some stuff too, suggesting that it really was, uh, by, by all, all uh, logic, one of the best first rounds in a long time. It felt so, like it, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's always some, like, random team that does something, and you're like, woo, that's a great story. But, you know. Michigan, and, Michigan State getting knocked out. Which know, was Northern insane. Iowa. Yeah. Uh, certainly a good, good handful of, of phenomenal buzzer beaters, uh, performances from teams that we did not expect. Uh, uh, what, Arkansas, uh, Little Rock, or whatever that one? <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, no, it's so. Yeah, I mean, it, it does feel like the, the first round, you know, you know they're, they're, it's like there are years where you, you go into it and you have like a ton of blowouts, like a ton of them, and you go, eh, wasn't much to that. But it just. You know, it, it, there were so many competitive games and so many compelling stories and so many incredible shots. You know what I mean? You could have had one shining moment just from the first freaking weekend. Right. You know what oh, I mean? Absolutely. absolutely. And you can't always say that. There's always a, there's always some good ones mixed in. But I, I do – look, I agree with you, man. I think the first round this year was super strong when you take it as a whole. You know what I mean? And, and that's yeah. great, man. And yeah, the book the bookends really made this tournament. The middle rounds, eh, some of them were really good, some of them not so much. Final four eh, left a little bit on the table, but first round and championship game, dude, man, that was where it was at. Absolutely, and you know, and I mean, I, I felt like, I and mean, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I know I kept on repeating throughout the season and 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 meant it that you know. Leading up to March Madness and, and definitely the start of March Madness, I felt like this was a very wide open year that it was right. really hard to pinpoint. Um, even even though yes, I have to admit Oregon knocked out Duke, I still stand by that comparatively, comparatively to other years, they still were a very weak one seed. Um, Kansas obviously get, gets knocked out, you know, early, not super early, but earlier than I think you know expected. Um, so, but you know, it's still you know. So a lot of big upsets early, but I'd say you know by late in the tournament it was it was relatively chalky. It was it was mostly the top seeds, but um, but it still was was you know just it was a fascinating tournament. And I mean obviously the you know Villanova again is the team with the monkey on their back that everybody assumes is always going to you know slip up and fall apart. And so you know big on them. Yeah, it's like legit, dude. Legit, man. So I'll tell you what, man, let, let, let's, for a moment, let's just appreciate the tournament. Uh, Shannon, kind of macro level, man, uh, what do you walk away from with uh, this year's tournament? We've glossed up Dova, obviously, but, you know, whether it's one sharding moment or one shining moment, man, um, what do you got for me, brother? Uh, expect the unexpected. I mean, this was, you saw it how 20-some-odd percent Michigan State right off the bat. So it, it just goes to show you when it's March Madness, at least this year, nobody knew what the heck was going to happen. 
Yeah. You know, Other than Joe Biden, who picked Villanova. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> His wife went it's there. It's only because so. he drew, drew him out of the hat. <laughs> nice. I mean, Obama took Austin P. and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, I, I think I, he he probably had Kansas, I would, I would if I had to guess. Probably. Yeah. That's not good, though. <laughs> but, you know, it just, it just goes to show you that as much as we... Th- as much as we know about the sport, you never know what's going to happen any given day. Mm-hmm. Just like football, any given Sunday. And with all of the seniors and not as strong as a class that just came in this year, mm-hmm. uh, it definitely leveled the playing field. Um, sorry, college basketball next year is not going to be the same because <laughs> Duke's going to be freaking loaded. I hope so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And that's after the strippers leave. Um. <laughs> nice. Nah, but it just it just goes to show you that we don't know what's going to happen, and sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, what makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you have any kind of macro level kind of impressions as we wrap up with the NCAA tournament? Well, um, if I can go degenerate for half a second, oh, like sure, to, do yeah. it, man. Go degenerate yeah, if you I, want. I had a lot of fun. I, uh, I, I, I've been trying to do this for a while, and it's, it's it's tough to do on a daily basis. But I wanted to track specifically uh, how I did, you know, betting wise for March Madness. So I, I did, and had a very successful March Madness. I was Good. Uh, 13, 13, 8 and one in uh, bets, and uh, that left me at a plus plus thirty three units, uh, which is, is is significant. That's huge. I mean, so I really had a, a very success, successful one. I hope you know anybody out there that isn't following me. At DStat FDW, I hope uh, anybody possibly followed along for some and made some money. Uh, it was definitely it was, it was good. I, I always feel March Madness is, is so much fun on so many levels, but you know, for me now it's it's an added bonus if, if I'm successful with betting. So good times. And um, I was gonna go and check. I don't remember who actually won the fantasy uh, league on Twitter or excuse me on on Yahoo, but I I can't give myself the pat on the back, but I did come on. First, in terms of you know the brew crew themselves, so yeah, our, our, well, our you know, Lindy won, didn't he? I, th- I think he did. Yeah, I think he, he, he did had Villanova well. UNC in the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is damn impressive. And which is extremely impressive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, we definitely should tip, tip the tip of the, the cap to uh, Lindy, man. Very much so. Um, so there's that stuff. But uh, tournament wise, um, yeah, just just it was great. Uh, I look forward to you know <laughs> to next March. Always look forward to March Madness. We have right. a blast, and man, it's so much fun. But uh, you know, huge tip of the cap to, to Nova. Uh, just impressive run, impressive closeout. Jay Wright coached that team up so well. Their their offensive stars were obviously got the most attention, but they played some hellacious defense too. And to shut down some of the teams they shut down or shut down their biggest players, I mean that was a that was a brutal stretch to tr- just to get to the uh, championship. So yeah, just what was it three or four top ten teams? <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I, <laughs> that's that's nasty. Villanova had a harder road, right? To, to to do what they did than UNC did, and oh, you know you have to play the the teams that are in front of you. You can't, you, you know what I mean. You don't control right. what anybody it's else UNC's does. Fault, it's not UNC's fault, but uh, Villanova arguably had a had a much more challenging path. You know what I mean to get where they got to and to finish, and that that's a credit to the program. That's a credit to those players, and that's a credit to that coach. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. 
Randy, other than Syracuse, man, other than Syracuse. <laughs> well, what are the any th- big the macro, big- macro impressions from the tournament, man? The biggest takeaway for me is the parity we now see in for men's college basketball this year. That may be entirely different next year. This is true, but even the past couple of tournaments, there's always been those surprise teams that just come out of nowhere and make a run. And just a little bit of advice for, you know, people like me that aren't, they're kind of fair weather fans, give it a chance because you never know. There'll be that one team that you just don't expect that you'll just get hooked onto and you will root for them as hard as you do your normal team. Yeah. Right to the very bitter end. That's one of the things that's so crazy about March Madness, man. There's, and I, I don't even with the first weekend where you have so much, it's almost like sensory overload. You know what I mean? And when the first weekend is good, you just get so sucked into it because you know you you have all these teams that that it's not like you know like when you play somebody in conference like the ACC or the Big East or whatever the SEC, um, you know you, it, the scouting report's different, right? You, you know kind of what they do, or you you know their players, or you know their coaches, or you know their systems. And it's the it's just the unknown, right? Not only of of some of the teams, of some of the players, but it's the kind of coming to this fantastic point of the college basketball season, where if you're a casual fan, you're like, ah, well, you know, whatever, dude. If there's if if there's a a perfect sporting event for like casual people that just want to hang out and have fun, March Madness absolutely is it. You know what I mean? You can go to any any bar. If you go out for the first weekend, open the opening rounds, dude. Go go to, go to your local sports watering hole. Yeah, yeah. Go out to your local sports watering hole. The opening rounds, dude. And how many people that don't give a crap about whatever do brackets? You know what I mean? It just it ropes you in, and then it, whether it's a bracket or whether it's a team or whether it's the color of their uniforms, and that's how you pick them. Whatever, man. There's just so many things that rope people in. I, I just I love that. You know, I just love that slice of how this tournament affects people and ropes people in and sucks people in and gets them caring. You know what I mean? So it was fitting that it finished that way. Very fitting. I'm so glad it did. So glad it did. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else on that, Randy? Uh, Not really. Like it was, it was nice to see four different teams in the final four for a change. I mean, that that is something that I, I will say was a real nice thing. Just for me in general, because like, if you're not a big fan of it, you you see the same teams over and over again. It kind of gets boring. I don't I don't know how true that really is. I mean, you see the same teams are like a threat every year. I'd have to go back and look at the Final Fours over the past like decade. But it's like it's like just, there's always those you know. I mean, not picking on Duke and Kentucky, but those teams. Hey, you better you know, not be picking on Duke, you jerk. <laughs> those teams usually retool very very well. And from what uh, Shannon's been saying, looks like Duke and Kentucky should be. Pretty much back in the final four next year. That's right, bitch. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? Quit your jibber Back to work, fool. That's right, man. Well, if you guys well, stop having one and done, you know. Look, Randy, don't go all fail horn on me. <laughs> Come after me. I'm a man. I'm forty. Lord only knows what he would say if he was here right now. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, by the way, I can't believe I forgot to do this for National Beer Day. Mm, beer. 
we we needed the Homer soundbite. We waited way too long to play it, but like for real, had to have Homer in that thing. Yeah, I definitely. This was certainly an enjoyable one, and uh, I, you know, <laughs> memories will fade certainly, and uh, down the road we'll look back, and you know there will there will be things that we forget. But uh, overall, just the art, the story arcs, and the finish, man. The book ends, as Mark said. And the book ends, man. That's one that'll stick with you. And this is a reminder. And really, Villanova's championship run, championship run is, is a reminder of what's great at times with college athletics and the development and the maturation of players in a program, man. That's uh, really cool. And, you know, Villanova is a, is a known program. That's not, a, that's not an unknown. It's not a team that doesn't have any national uh, recognition or appreciation or following, but they're not one of your typical, you know, yeah, it's not Kentucky, it's not Duke, it's not UNC, it's not Kansas. So, you know, you, I guess if you want to look at it that way, you get a little shift. At the same token, I swear there's like a bottleneck. Once you hit like the Elite Eight, you know, that's really where it separates out. You know, sometimes with these teams, they get on a nice run and streak out, and certainly... You know, with the double digits, once they hit, once they hit the final four, it, it usually does them in. You know, again, some of that in current context, I think, might be the cavernous football stadiums that they stick the final four in. But, dude, it didn't seem to bother Villanova a freaking bit, uh, which <laughs> wow. is, is still amazing to me. Um, but I did want to say before uh, before we get that, you know, because we're going to shift gears, talk about crying Jordan for just a moment. If anybody deserves a whole heap of crying Jordans, not only does UNC clearly for the championship game, and we'll spend some time having some fun with that as we wrap up and get the hell out of here. Uh, but I did want to uh, certainly touch on this. You know, UVA was my uh, like friendly pick in certain brackets. Yeah, hey, you know, my wife's from Charlottesville, man. You know, pff, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. I didn't. I wasn't smart enough like Lindy taking uh, freaking you know uh, Villanova and UNC. So I was totally. I was totally going Susan Boyle, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I dreamed a dream that UVA would actually show up to play. That Brogdon and Tony Bennett, that that pack line defense would be legit. I certainly didn't dream a dream that Syracuse would press the crap out of them and that UVA would blow a massive lead. Up 54 to 39 with 9 minutes and 32 seconds left. It looked like it was in the bag. I know it's a terrible thing to say, but I dreamed a dream that UVA would deliver on the potential and the promise of that season this year. They did not. So from Susan Boyle, I go to this. They That's just right. couldn't break free. <laughs> you know what, Shannon? You are right. Absolutely. They couldn't break free of the press. I hate you for that. <laughs> but you know, like all, all kidding aside, I don't know what the hell happened in that span of time. It really was completely ridiculous. And it was you know, credit to Syracuse, but understand this. Uh, UVA was was up fifty four to thirty nine nine thirty two left man. This is what Syracuse did. They had a dunk by Tyler. Uh, I don't know if it's Rober- is it Roberson or Roberson Roberson Roberson. Uh, Roberson. They have a dunk by Roberson. They have a layup by Cooney. They get two free throws from Richardson. They get a layup by Richardson. They get two free throws by Roberson. A three pointer by Richardson. A three pointer by uh, Tyler Lydon. A layup by Mbinaje. And then a layup by Richardson with five fifty remaining. And then they're up fifty nine to fifty eight. So they're down 54 to 39 and then they're up 59 to 58. 
Seriously? That's what they did. That's what they did. They had a 25 to 4 run to go up 62 to 58. Pitiful. I, I don't quite know what happened, but I'm a little bit disappointed that, you know, and, and I have respect for Tony Bennett. I think he's a quality coach, and I, I like the direction that the program is heading, right? But it's amazing to me, and, you know, not that people look at UVA as having, like, a really super-duper super duper fantastic offense, you know, but in the game prior, what was it, Iowa State? Yeah. Dude, UVA was, I mean, they were cutting, they were moving. Dude, they looked so crisp on offense. Holy crap, dude! They just—they had flow, man. It was—and I don't mean the progressive girl who's, you know, I know that's one of Mark's secret crushes, but um, it's no secret. <laughs> it's no secret, <laughs> you know. Proud, but it, proud of that. Yeah, look, look, Justin. It's very simple. What happened in this game? UVA simply just let that game go. Oh Lord! Did you really just do that? Yeah, he did. You know, I was going to save this song for uh, Villanova, but quite frankly, for bad references on the sports brew, I don't know that anybody tops MacGuffin. <laughs> so, really, Shannon's one shining moment <laughs> is his ability to always find a way to loop in, let it go. We're all good at something, right? Well, D-Stat's got bathroom selfies and a D-Stat poo. And you clearly have Let It Go references. Everybody's got to have something. So congratulations. <laughs> High fives <laughs> to <so>. you. <laughs> anyway, I still, I, I just, I don't know, man. What a, what a tough way to go out. But, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? Good stuff, but you know, again, on the whole, I love the tournament, man. It's so much fun, so much fun. And I, you know, uh, again, I, I have a lot of love for the ACC. We're in ACC country; it's just the way that it is. Um, but I like the direction that UVA is headed under uh, Bennett, and I'm super stoked about the incoming class for Duke, man. Make no mistake about it, bro. <laughs> I'm excited, uh, Mark. I saw some odds. Obviously, Grayson Allen's returning. No Ingram. I would have loved to have seen, have seen Ingram do a second year just to do it, but uh, you know, kudos to them. Uh, you know, if he, he's got skill, man, I think he's going to be a baller at the next level. And I can't imagine. I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm hard pressed to see Simmons going before Ingram. No. I, you know, we talk about heart. We talk about quit. And Ingram, I don't. You know, dude, I like that guy. I uh, like that. Depends guy. on who gets that first pick. I understand. 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 Well, I, I think what's going to be best for Ingram is is he really he needs to go to. I mean, he, he's he's got so much ability, mm-hmm. but certainly it, it needs some some tightening up. He needs to bulk up a bit. Everybody would certainly agree with that. Oh uh, sure. I, I think best best scenario for him is honestly to to go to a team where he, he he's not going to be expected to be the star right away. That he can have some some veteran leadership. It can kind of mold him a bit. And uh, yeah, I mean, if that if that can happen, I think two to three years that guy will be an absolute, you know, on his on his way to being an NBA stud. I mean, he, yeah. he's just he's so long. It seems like he takes three three steps and he's at the basket from the three point line. He can shoot from all over the courts. I, yeah, he, he's going to be fun to watch in the pro. So you know, like you, yes, would love to see him back for another year. But you know, I just assume there's just no chance, and that's. 
yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're right. Yes, it's 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 gonna be fun. Looking forward to next year uh, with with that draft class. I think you're asking. I know it's, I I myself had seen. You know, Duke certainly is you know, far and above. You know, the crazy early. I think <laughs> the early odds weren't he's, they at like nine two. Nine two to uh, win or to plus plus four fifty, which yeah. you know, the next next closest is uh, Kentucky at plus six hundred and Villanova at plus eight hundred. Uh, Shannon, are you are you pretty stoked about uh, what you're looking at next year for Kentucky? Uh, on paper, it's good. It's a good co- class <laughs> coming in. I mean, I would expect it to be right. Huh? I would expect it to be. Um, yeah. It, it, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't doesn't Duke have the the like when you look at the ratings, the first and the second rated player coming in? Yeah, um, it's it's weird. It's like Duke's depending on which ratings you're looking at. Well, of Duke course, there's like, always some degree of variance. But like the one, two, and like twelve, and then Kentucky's got like three players in the middle of that. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's just sick that what Coach K and Cal are doing uh, with oh. these these classes. I mean, it's one and one A at this point. But I mean, if you're talking about returning players, I mean Grayson Allen. Um, you know, oh, I mean, you'd be tripping if you didn't think Duke dude, was gonna be the best team. Uh, yeah, right. I was getting ready to say, man, one of my favorite things, dude. You know, I'm not a UNC fan, but uh, <laughs> I totally dropped went captain's curse, and I joked around with you guys about this because on my door at my at my help desk at my place of employ, I did write "Go Heels," and <laughs> which I had a lot of coworkers that that are UNC fans, so like, you know, I legitimately put "Go Heels" up there, you know, trying to you know be a team player. You know what I'm saying? But in the back of my head, I'm like, Captain's Curse, man, it's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so help me, it sure did, man. You got to watch out for that stuff. <laughs> it makes me laugh, dude. Uh, but one of my favorite things that really made me laugh, there was a, a, a picture of some UNC students, man. Um, and these two these two girls had this thing that said, uh, uh, they were holding up the sign. I, it, I'm sure it was at the Final Four, maybe it was the championship game, but... Uh, and it was just like, you know, sorry, Duke fans, you couldn't make the trip, and it had a picture of Grayson Allen. And I was just like, oh. of course. <laughs> you know, they, you had to, right? You had to do that. <laughs> I mean, you had to. It was just it was too easy not to, man, you know what I'm saying? But I, I appreciate that. I, I, I love good humor. And quite frankly, you know, Mark, you mentioned the pinnacle of the crying Jordan, and perhaps this was it, but I'm not ready for that to go away. And I, I just I loved the fact that it just exploded the way that it did. And it you knew, like, watching that game with Jordan there, you knew it was going to be epic. And I just feel like Twitter delivered on Crying Jordan. Yes. And there was an article in For the Win that was, it's time to retire the overused Crying Jordan meme. And this is one I actually left a comment on. And then somebody responded on For the Win. They responded to them saying it was time, they were like, counterpoint, it's time to retire the overused crying Jordan meme. And they used all crying Jordan memes to respond to it. I was like, perfect. (laughs) My favorite thing, however, is that someone changed UNC's Wikipedia page to the North Carolina crying Jordans. (laughs) It it was the, the university of crying Jordans at Chapel Hill head coach, head coach crying Jordan arena. The MJ Crying Face Meme Center. <laughs> the, the, the North Carolina Crying Jordan's athletic logo. It was awesome. Damn. I don't know how long it was up on Wikipedia, but it was fantastic. 
fantastic, dude. The crying Jordan meme was everywhere. And, you know, if you don't like it, <laughs> sorry, bro. But that was gold. That was the most golden opportunity for the crying Jordan meme that there may ever be. I loved every minute of it. I loved every minute of it. And I knew that Twitter was going to be awash in it. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, if, any of you, if any of you guys had a particularly favorite one, by all means, feel free to tell me. But, dude, I, I just soaked them all in. I thought it was great. Well, the, 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 the mic drop for me was him looking at his cell phone. It's like it's a three-picture frame. <laughs> yeah. Jordan looking at his cell phone, and then you have a close-up of his cell phone. It's of him crying, and then you have the one of him looking up crying. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. That was phenomenal. That's like signature, man. That one was fantastic, dude. I loved it. I hope the crying Jordan meme doesn't go away. You know, the, the thing with memes, man, is, is some of them get so entrenched that they're almost impossible to kill. And I think the crying Jordan meme is at that level. It may slow down a little bit, but I think it is firmly, you know, implanted now as the de facto fail Photoshop (laughs) meme. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you screwed the pooch or or you got screwed. Here's your crying Jordan on your face. Poof. There you go. Uh, By the way, I love the fact that the... uh, the, the Tar Heels, like, what, Rams is the Ram, got deboed somewhere along the line after after, after Chris Jenkins hit that shot. And that the mascot got knocked the F out, dude. I thought oh, that was man. hilarious that people were hitting that thing. Crazy. Side note. Side note. Do you remember Roxanne Shalafu? I hope I pronounced her name right. She's the, she's, she's the Villanova Piccolo girl. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, dude, her Twitter feed was kind of fun. She has a bobblehead, by the way. She has a crying bobblehead. You know what I really wanted to see is Roxanne Shadafu with a crying Jordan face on her as she's playing the piccolo. That would have been fantastic. Uh, but we did get a crying Jordan with her and and crying Jordan heads on the North Carolina team, which perhaps was a little bit weird because you're mixing up a person from Villanova and obviously Jordan with UNC, but it was still very funny to me. I really enjoyed that, but uh, she has to be elated uh, that that worked out that way. So that's good. I also want to give a shout-out to George Foreman. I don't know if you guys saw this. He gave uh, Craig Sager some signed boxing gloves, and he said, we fight until the bell rings. If you missed that, I thought that was a really, really cool thing. Nice. I Um, I missed that, so thank you. Yeah, he said, Craig, we fight until the bell rings. There's no need to ever think that it's over because you've got one more punch in you. Foreman added that he never signs a pair of gloves without trying them on. He told Sager, I tried them on, so the fight is in there. That's awesome. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet. Um, Big fan of that. Um, Not so much. Oh, also a big fan of uh, Mike Tyson tweeting out congratulations to the University of Cincinnati. Cincinnati. (laughs) Yeah, for winning the national championship. That was pretty sweet. Nice job, Mike. Go back to riding hoverboards or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Fail, dude. It's UConn, not University of Cincinnati. Really? Really, bruh? You can't get that right? Um, And before I forget to do it, I said we needed to give a tip of the cap. Uh, Brianna Stewart for bagging her fourth finals MOP, Most Outstanding Player Award. Ridiculous. Look, I know it's the women's women's game. It's a different deal. I understand that. 
Um, UConn whooped up on Syracuse, sorry, Randy, for their 11th championship, their fourth straight championship overall, 38-0 this season, their sixth undefeated season in women's D1 history, which is obscene. Uh, no other team has more than one. Baylor, Tennessee, and Texas each have one. UConn has six. Um, <laughs> Brianna Stewart's career record at UConn, 151-5. and one loss in the last three years, dude. Goodness gracious. They have 75 straight wins. They won all 24 of their NCAA tournament games. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Really? God, Every single please. one, man. Uh, 11th National Championship for uh, Gino Ariema, uh Most by any coach in NCAA history. Uh, obviously, it's a skewed statistic. Um, but he does have six perfect seasons, also the most in NCAA basketball history. I don't think it's really fair to throw in the John Wooden comparison, uh, and that's probably a topic for a different day. You know, I appreciate the context of it and talking about the greatness of UConn. We obviously are talking about different eras, so there's a lot of variables at play there. But you know, Wooden, as far as I'm concerned, is in the absolute upper echelon of basketball coaches and, and Gino has done a hell of a lot but just the it's tough women's basketball is tough I guess if you want to if you just want to say in context relation of what they accomplished okay I'll listen to it just don't tell me it's just, they've done the same thing how about UConn women versus the 76ers yeah yeah no. buddy <laughs> <laughs> what was that dude's name Hanky Hanky what was that what's that dude's name Mr. Hanky, the, the Christmas one, Yeah, the one that they booted and wrote like some 13-page letter about whatever. <laughs> Dude, just shut your pie hole. Get the hell out, man. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear it. I would have needed a post-it note. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Or do I have to kick your butt? Not if you're a 76ers player. You ain't kicking nothing but your own butt, man. <laughs> yeah. Was it like a three? What was, was that old expression? It's like a uh, you know a one-legged man in the ass-kicking contest. There you yep. go. Yeah. That kind of deal, yeah. Yeah, you might as well just enjoy National Beer Day. Mm, beer. That's right. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> or, you know, if, if you're like Mark. Vegas! Vegas, baby! Vegas! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's pretty much that. But I, I did want to give a tip of the cap, and I think it's important to appreciate, you know, in context, appreciate UConn and, and certainly Brianna Stewart um, and what they've done. It's a hell of a legacy. It's a hell of a run. You know, the comparisons I struggle with only because I, I don't know how you fairly equate what they have accomplished other than appreciating their sheer dominance in the women's game. So if you can find it to that, I mean, they're incredible. They're absolutely incredible, you know, in, in context. But I, I, don't, I don't know how you translate that to other sports. And I don't know how – you know what I'm saying? I don't know how you translate that. But, I, it, you know – I think you can appreciate Gino. I think you can appreciate Brandon Stewart. I think you can appreciate UConn. But, I mean, that, that that's a level of dominance that you just don't normally see. And part of that, quite frankly, is um, the concentration of power that they have as a program in women's basketball. And that that's not a knock on the rest of them. It's just a factual reality. You know what I mean? They're busy, you know, banging championships home. And, unfortunately, Tyler Summit is busy banging his players. <laughs> Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know, in this case, my bad, Tyler, dude. I, I should have done it. Make a bad football coach. 
because he does not teach well how to wrap up. Teo! <laughs> I mean, come on, man. As Van Wilder once said... Are you telling oh, me that Tyler Summit doesn't know how to regulate, baby? <laughs> don't be a fool. Wrap, wrap your tool. tool before you attack or wrap your whacker. Where are we going, man? <laughs> what? But, I guess yeah, Tyler he's, Summit he's... would do anything for love, wouldn't he? Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Does that mean he... <laughs> oh, man. Well, do we know he's good from deep? I mean... Full court press? Full court breast? Oh, <laughs> 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 so we'd go from Gino R.E.M. No, excuse me. We'd go from uh, Jay Wright and the right stuff. Oh my god, let's see if I have this. I'm gonna die. I'm just about to die if I do. We'd go from Jay Wright and the right stuff to Ty Tyler Summit. Thank you, Weird Al. And the white stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's that double cannon. National Beer Day. This one's for you. Oh man, actually, Shannon, <laughs> we'll go ACDC fire your guns. Why not? Uh, instantly, I'm, I tell you what, let, let's wrap up with this, man. Um, Mark, realistically, do you think Golden State gets uh, is, is going to be able to get to this uh, mythical Bulls record? Can they do it? Yes. Is it I over? They 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 knocked out um, the Spurs tonight as I expected they would. They were mad because they you know, suffered a surprising, a very surprising upset to the Timberwolves on their last game. Dude, that was uh, that was crazy. I watched most of the game and honestly, they they uh, you know they the turnovers are what's starting to get them. I mean, I think anybody who's starting to think like oh they're slipping, I think there's a lot of truth in that. They need they just need to get to the playoffs. I mean that's it. they're ready for the playoffs, and then I think that. You know, having the record hanging over them and all that. I mean, the, it's it's hard to stay focused. Right. Uh, the, the Washington Capitals being here in D.C., they're kind of struggling at the end of the season because they've got everything wrapped up. So when you don't have anything to play for, everything wrapped it, up. It, Can you send Tyler Summit <laughs> to visit? <laughs> 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 oh wow! I'm sorry. Right. I so much. Pat Summit was so phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a good thing she doesn't know what the hell her son is doing these days. That's not nice. No, that's no, not no. nice. Pat Simon, much respect to you. you. Your son needs to take some life lessons from you. Read a so, memoir or something. Anyway, so go ahead. The, go ahead, Mark. The Warriors have three three left. So they took care of the Spurs Knights. They've got two two against Memphis, one at home and one uh, on the road, and then the other on the road against San Antonio. 
I, it's going to be tough for them to win the one on the road. So I want them to, but I guess actually, if I'm being honest, since they they had a, they needed to win that one against the Timberwolves, yeah, I think they beat Memphis both times, but I think they lose on the road to San Antonio. It's back to back games and back to back road games. So sure. against Memphis on Saturday, and then on the road at San Antonio on Sunday. That's gonna be real tough to do. Yeah. So I, I think they get to seventy two and fall one short, which is unfortunate. But you know, they, they absolutely can. Of course they can. And um, I, I've got a So you're telling me there's I, a chance. Of course there's a chance, but and I will be rooting for it. I wanna see it happen. Uh, and I'm tired of people like Pippin and, and people trying to, you know, it's just so easy to say that nonsense. Oh, we would have crushed them. It's a completely different game. There's there's so many variables. It's just it's just such an easy thing to say, but it really ha- holds no weight. Um, but uh, I think whoever they face in the first round of the playoffs is in for a big can of whooping. They're, they're, they're probably going to get obliterated, all right, dude. Now it's the playoffs. Now we're all focused in again, and now we can show you just how scary we still are. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and and Kerr was on that Bulls team, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Tired you know, of having to answer those questions, it's just so. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I would think at some point, um, and this is one of the things that's really hard. Anytime you make a run at a record like that, you have to be mentally locked in, right? Uh, because you, 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 particularly in today's media environment, which is way different than even what the Bulls had to deal with back then. Because you, I mean, you didn't have social media, you didn't have the internet the way that you do. It just didn't exist, right? So you got your local beat reporters, maybe you got some national stuff, but you know the thing with with uh, Golden State going to try to tie or break or whatever that record. Not only is it a hell of an accomplishment, and I, I believe Golden State, if you look at the wins they have from last year to this year, I mean it's like in one of the highest combined win totals over two seasons ever. Um, and I, you know it, the the Bulls are such a high bar that era of of the Bulls. With Jordan, I mean that that team was so good. Look, if you asked me straight up if 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 you could, you know, if you could take those two teams and they could actually get the play, I'm gonna take the Bulls. I'm not gonna take them to sweep them, but I'm gonna take the damn Bulls in a series, right? I just would because I, I remember watching them play and what they were. Granted, it some of it depends on how they call the damn games. If they let them play like they did then, it's different than if they call it the way they do now. That is that is a factor. And Kirk, Kirk, Kirk keeps saying that, and it's absolutely accurate. Yeah, I mean, you, you hate a lot, of stuff, a lot of stuff they got away with back then. They wouldn't be able to, but yeah. there's also rule, rules and regulations now that you know the Bulls would have to adjust to. So. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. But I mean, th- that being said, anytime you you talk to anybody from that kind of a team. You know, some of it is just their competitive fire believing that they would win. I mean, what the hell do you want Scottie Pippen to say? Well, he could be a little bit more diplomatic, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe a touch. But, I mean, I mean, you're talking about a team that's one of the greatest ever that has the GOAT. And as far as I'm concerned, Jordan is the GOAT. You can make an argument for some other people, fine, go for it. But in my life, watching basketball, Jordan, for what he did, the way he did it, Oh, and yeah. just how crushing he could be, especially clutch ass moments. The goat, dude. Oh yeah, that's definitely. just that's just what he is in my mind, man. Um, that that alone is such a huge deal. But you know, I, I, it would be phenomenal to actually get to do that. But I mean, you can't. You know, it's different eras, different different. It's just a different deal, man. And so I can appreciate them both. Uh, but appreciate the greatness that is. Uh, the reality of what I was getting back to, what I was talking about, is just the fatigue sets in, man. You get mentally tired of dealing with the questions and dealing with the answers and dealing with the press and dealing with the attention. And Golden State Golden State is damn good, man. And, again, this two-year run, phenomenal uh, to win the amount of games they did. Uh, even if they fall short of that last year, this year, 
Uh, dude, so good, man. So good. And I mean, if they fall, if they fall short, I mean, I think it's a pretty safe bet they beat Memphis in both games. They fall short. They're seventy-two and ten instead of seventy-three and nine. Yeah, that's still pretty. It's it's, it's insanity. Not bad, uh, right? No, not, not bad. Not too shabby. Not not a bad. You know, uh, you know, make up for not breaking the record. And but but you're exactly right because I mean, let's let's I mean a comparison that I obviously will enjoy making. But uh, if you take the eighteen and dope Patriots. <laughs> Uh, what's what would they would they trade that eighteen and dope for the championship of ring? Of course they would. Of course they would. So, so it, the, you know, the Warriors, I mean, come come the end of the season, they're they're it's a fresh start. They're they're zero yeah. zero, and so I guarantee Kerr will have them honed in, and and they need to. They're they're still yeah. playing really good ball, but they they've got to work on the turnovers because against the top teams, they're not going to get away with that. Uh, I mean, they lost the Timberwolves, who were a really bad team because they turned. I mean, they had well over twenty turnovers. I mean, Kirk, Curry himself is, is you know shown that that's you know if he has one weakness, that's that's a significant one for him. But uh, I think they'll they'll definitely come into the playoffs locked in because you know again the record none of it means anything if they don't end the season with a championship. Nope, and I, I think they know that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And maybe they're getting a little fatigued at the end. Uh, but the reset button will probably help them once they roll into the playoffs. Agreed. You know, honestly, you know, I'm so looking forward to how the playoffs play out, particularly when it comes to San Antonio and Golden State. It's gonna be really fun playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you know, what we can you know steal, steal it, steal it honestly from March Madness. I think this is a very wide open, um, you know, NBA tournament now. Right. You know, playoffs. I, I, you know, not quite the same as March Madness. Uh, I think there's a lot more challenge in who's going to come out of the West and the East. It's it's hard to think that it's not the Cavs, but uh, but you know you never know, uh, absolutely. But the West has a lot of great talent. Yeah. So I mean, the, the Warriors certainly have the tougher road. I mean, the Thunder are not to be sneezed at, and the Spurs are sure as hell not to be well, sneezed you know, at. Now that Andrew Wiggins has matured as a player for the Cavaliers, oh, sorry, my bad. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Said it last year didn't like it. <laughs> didn't like it. Oh, oh, whoops, whoops. Well, we gotta see if if LeBron will start following the Cavs or not on Twitter. But well, you um, know, maybe <laughs> maybe he'll uh, you know maybe he can get together with uh, you know Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade and he can super team it out. <laughs> and it's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I could but, start a whole other debate, and then we can save it for another podcast. We'll, we'll, but I, I still we will. Say, I still say every time, just to say it real quick, I still say every time <laughs> LeBron comes out with these you know super super team ideas. Would would Jordan ever have wanted that? No, nope, absolutely not. Because if you know that you're the man, you want to prove that you're the freaking man. And and that's I mean I'm not saying Jordan didn't always have. Scrub teams. He had Pippen. He had some some good good players, but he never had a super a super squad. Come on, man. Bill Cartwright was like awesome. <laughs> Paxton. Yeah. Um, Luke Longley, man. <laughs> Luke <Grant>. Tony Kukoc <laughs> or whatever that dude's name. Yeah. I love him some Kukoc. Will yeah. Purdue. <laughs> Will, Will freaking Purdue. And a dude. lot a lot of gangly white dudes on his team. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, Craig Hodges. Kerr. <laughs> Uh, did John Paxson, man, that yeah. dude could shoot uh, though. Look, you know who LeBron? You know who LeBron needs? Spot. He needs he needs this era's Craig Elo, right, to help see the deal, <laughs> seal the deal. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I I understand that the, the drive to want to win as many as possible, and I'm not. I have no qualms with that. But I just to me, it 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 just doesn't make sense. I I honestly thought thoughts uh, back in the day when he was making his 
you know, first big decision that he was going to go somewhere like the Nets because they really didn't have you know, much of anything. I, I thought he was going to want to you know, go somewhere where he could you know, be the leader and, and really prove himself. I thought he would have gone to the Bulls. Yeah, pieces I, I, around them when they were healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a talented team, but but not but certainly not one where you'd be accused of like trying to form a super squad, but just you know, yeah, to be, they would to, beat beat you up. Yeah, sure, sure. So anyway, I don't know. Well, we'll discuss for another day, but yeah, we will, we will. That's okay. Yeah, well, look, I tell you what, man, I think it's time to get the hell out of here. Kind of like that uh, that flight attendant that went ahead and pulled the ripcord or whatever on that emergency landing like slide on, on that plane <laughs> i don't know if you saw that man that united flight attendant they went ahead and pulled like the th- the ramp like inflated off the side of the plane they slid out and walked off the job dude if you're a flight attendant and you want to walk the hell off that job that is the best way to quit people are gonna hate you <laughs> people will hate you forever because you <laughs> mess up their flight plans but <laughs> deploying the emergency slide and sliding down and getting the hell out dude that's one of the best walk-offs. If you wanted to, to call your employer number one, you just did it. That was, that was onions. That yeah, onions. <laughs> you know what, Bill Rafferty for that flight attendant. You're right, Shannon. Onions. <laughs> onions. <laughs> anyway, AKA man. AKA balls. And yes, <laughs> you know, I, said it. I can't believe we haven't had balls references tonight. But Shannon, this one's uh, this one's for you, bro. You said. Balls. That's right. And for Louisville. Hey, where are the white women at? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. We're the sports breeding fun of the iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Brady Loves, Funnel Cake, uh, Google Play, all kinds of stuff, man. Keywords, sports, and brew. You like sports, you like brew, you should like us, man. That's just what it is. Uh, feel free to look us up. Tweet at us at VA Sports Brew. Uh, usually you're going to get either Shannon or myself, although occasionally. Uh, you might find me tweeting at, uh, from the at you said balls account. <laughs> you said balls. Because it makes me laugh that I have an account called at you said balls. <laughs> I still think that's so hilarious. Anyway, man, uh, let's get the hell out of here, man. Wrap up, let Shannon get to sleep. And again, Randy, happy birthday, man. Sorry that happy Syracuse birthday. had to take it in the chin uh, from UConn and from UNC. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? But uh, definitely happy birthday, bro. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weekend. And uh, thanks for joining the Old Man Club as we sit here and watch D-Stat at a, uh, you know, that <laughs> that svelte and young 21 years old that he is. Right. You know, li- li- living the good life over there now that he's old enough to drink. It's true. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting times, man. It is. It is. Large and in charge, I hear, is, is what they say. <laughs> It's true. But uh, look, man, wrapping up the tournament and uh, wrapping up way better than Mr. Summit down at, uh, oh, what was it, Louisiana Tech? Where was he, Shannon? Yes. <laughs> I, I guess they have lots of hands-on courses there. <laughs> <laughs> low post, baby, low post. <laughs> Maybe next time he'll remember to shake it off. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, if the, ru- if the rumors are right, he would have been much better doing that. <laughs> It's like a parking space. Sometimes you just gotta pull out, dude. (laughs) I'm just saying, man. (laughs) 
Yeah, inside she knew all right. <laughs> oh, Tyler Summit. Sorry, brother. You're in trouble, man. <laughs> How do you like your wings, bone-in? Yeah, we figured. Oh, God. Anyway. Man, one shining moment. There you go. Uh, from all of us to all of you, we are the Sports Brew. Thanks for listening. Thanks for laughing. Hopefully you enjoyed it, man. We're going to get the hell out of here, man. Tyler, that's a lesson for you. <laughs> get the hell out. It's okay. Uh, but from all of us to all of you, man, enjoy your nights. Enjoy your weekends. And uh, enjoy baseball, man. Opening weekend. Obviously rolled through that. Opening day. All that kind of stuff, man. Get ready to crank up the bats, crank up the pitches, and have a good time, dude. Uh, we'll certainly get on the stick with that and enjoy a little bit of the NBA. Uh, it is time, but man, March Madness, <laughs> March Sadness, dude. Thanks for uh, carrying us out strong, man. Chris Jenkins, Villanova, tip of the cap to you. UConn, Brianna Stewart, tip of the cap to you as well. Hell of a ride, hell of a story. Enjoy it. Until next time, friends, we will catch you on the flip side. Peace out, Bees Peace Sprouts. Out. Peace, Peace out, folks. <laughs>